Hebrews in this season. It says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Everyone say friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. That's good. All things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This is the reality. God actually desires friendship with us. God actually desires to walk close with us. God actually desires to do life with us, right? Whether it's messy, whether it's good, whether we are in obedience or disobedience, like God actually wants to do this thing we call life with us. And so even though Jesus was talking to the disciples, he was talking to the disciples and he said, no longer do I call you servants. And every time I read this passage, especially John 15 in its entirety, it reminds me that I'm not only called to just be a disciple, I'm not only called to just follow rules, regulations, etc. I'm called to be a friend, right? And so all things that our Lord has heard from the Father, it's made known to us. There's a few scriptures that I want to read out um, that really exemplify this, um, f- this idea of friendship with God. Genesis 18 verses 17 In the Amplified, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham, my friend and servant, what I am going to do? God considered Abraham a friend. Exodus 33, 11, And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, and as a man speaks to his friend. Moses returned to the camp, but his minister Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the temporary prayer tent. Friend. God desires to engage with us as friends. And I'm emphasizing this because it's very easy to become very religious and very legal like oh can I actually call God a friend you know like does that doesn't that mar his holiness doesn't that no 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 it doesn't right Christ made it possible for us to draw into fellowship and into relationship with God in that manner amen and so like I said God desires friendship with us he did he desires to delight in us God actually delights in you, Ariel. Toyo, God delights in you, right? Lola, God delights. He delights in each and every one of us. And so sometimes, like, I don't know about you guys, but when you are talking with a friend, when you are engaging with a friend, do you just get up and leave? Do you consistently ignore their phone calls? Oh, <laughs> she said it depends. <laughs> well, well, like, what can I say? You know, um, but no. When you think about friendship, you enjoy their company, right? You enjoy their company. You look forward to going out with them, right? Brunch, whatever it may be, you enjoy that. That's in the same way, like, I know that there is a calling for us to be friends with God, but there is also a deep desire in God to be friends with us. He enjoys your company. He enjoys you. You know, I I wrote in one of my books that one of the declarations that I speak is that 
You know, God loves the me now as much as he loves the future me. Right? He enjoys me now in the state that I'm in as much as he's going to love the person that he's called me to become. Right? So God enjoys fellowship with you. Right? And so in order for us to experience this authentic friendship with God, right? This engagement with God, it takes the participation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, guys. Not Holy Spirit being an it, Holy Spirit a person, yeah. right? The Holy Spirit is the key to us truly engaging in this, in this, in this love relationship with the Father, right? Of this friendship. And so the Holy Spirit, let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 to 14. And it reads, and I'm going to read in two versions. This is the Amplified, then we'll go into the NLT. It says, in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, and the foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. I'm going to read it in NLT as well. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. Whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ephesians 1 verses 13 to 14. Right? So when we put our faith in Christ, we were given the Holy Spirit. His presence, a deposit. Right? We were given that. And the Holy Spirit, there are many roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But the Holy Spirit plays a significant part in terms of our engagement with God as a friend. Does that make sense, everyone? Right? Plays a significant part. It allows us to cultivate this, um, this intimacy with God. Right? And so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 13 to 14. I'm going to read this quote. It says, our salvation gives us the relationship, but our pursuit of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit brings about intimacy. So our salvation gives us the relationship, but our pursuit of the Holy Spirit brings about intimacy. 2 Corinthians 13 verses 14, it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The part I really, really want to um, hone in on is the communion part. Communion. And the communion of the Holy Spirit. Some say the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. That word communion in the Greek is kononoia which means fellowship, partnership, and intimacy with the Holy Spirit, right? So here, what he's saying is that, that we would experience the partnership, 
the fellowship and the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I believe that we are called to in this season, to really, really dwell in this idea or in this understanding of what it means to be in communion with the Holy Spirit, right? In partnership with him. Partnership. Partnership meaning like we're dreaming with God. We're working alongside him. We're coming alongside. It's this close proximity, this close friends. Like me and God are close. Like there is, a, there is an initiation on both ends when it comes to our friendship, right? Fellowship, intimacy, even this word of companionship. We're being called into companionship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so when we think about the role of the Holy Spirit, there are many roles and there are many parts that he plays in our lives. He's a counselor. He's a comforter. He convicts of sin. He guides. He teaches. He's an advocate. He's an intercessor, right? And the list goes on and on and on. But this idea and this understanding of communion with the Holy Spirit is the difference, it's the bridge to us becoming what God has said. It is the bridge to us really showing the evidence of God in our lives, right? Walking in, the scripture speaks about walking in step with the spirit so that we cannot gratify the flesh, but we can manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's a manifestation of our communion with the Holy Spirit, right? Our ability, the scripture speaks about the Holy Spirit knowing the mind of God, the deep things of God, the things that have been freely given to us. Again, we have access to think right because we have access to the mind of God. We have access to freedom. We don't have to fear of the future. We don't need to have fear of the future. Why? Because we have a Holy Spirit. We have an advocate, a person that we are called to commune with and to fellowship with so that we can flourish and that we can be secure. Communion with the Holy Spirit. And so many times, right, we live our lives outside of the Holy Spirit. We do. It's not that he's not present because he is. We've been given it as a seal, right? But how many of us actually are attentive to the Holy Spirit? I can hear a pin drop, guys. Help me out. Make some movement. Say mm, something, something. <laughs> right? How many of us are actually like in tune, like aware, like have true fellowship, true communion, true companionship with the Holy Spirit. I'm not, listen, when we're talking about the communion of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about dunamai power, that's what came in Acts. Like, I'm not talking about power, like manifestation of the Spirit. I'm talking about living your life in line with the Spirit. I'm not talking about Sundays we pray in tongues and then Mondays we're back to square one where we were on a Saturday. I'm talking about an influence in our life, a person having an influence in our life to the point that our life is progressive and it's not stagnant. 
Because that's the role, the role of the spirit to show the evidence of God in our lives. He's working in our lives. And so the moment that I captured this idea, this understanding that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not, I don't roll over and I pray in tongues and then that's, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit ain't that. I'm talking about every single day. Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. When my mind is all over the place, lead me into truth and I see the person at work in my life. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. I see the person, the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Help me to overcome temptation, the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Amen? And so, the, uh, and so the question is, how do you practice this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, right? How do we actually do that? And for some of you, you probably already have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, right? But how do you practice what it really means to fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Number one, I believe that it is the awareness that he is with you then turning your attention to him. The awareness that he is with you. I believe it was Lola's group that spoke about God always speaking. Like the Holy Spirit is always on the move. He's always revealing. He's always speaking. But it's whether you are attentive, whether you are aware, whether you actually believe that he is with you, in you. Amen? turning your attention to him. Number two, being responsive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Being responsive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? That looks like obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because he speaks to each and every one of you here. Like he's tugging, He's pulling, he's prompting the random thought that you may have in your mind as you're getting off of the train. That's the Holy Spirit like, hey, I want to give. Have you ever had that moment where, I don't know, you hear something, but it was something you were thinking about like a few seconds before. Did you ever think that maybe that was God? Seems random, right? The Holy Spirit is always trying to get your attention, speaking to you. And I always say you can experience fellowship even in the mundane. Even in the chaos of life, you can experience God. But it's how responsive and attentive. And so the next question is, but Susan, how do I grow in hearing and understanding that it's actually the Holy Spirit? Goes back to my, my latter point, obedience. Friends, right? Let's, let's talk about friends for a second. Let's make this super practical, right? How did you get to know your friend? <laughs> no, but you didn't. I mean, you're very trustworthy, boy, because I did just say you're my friend, but I get what you're saying. But how did you build trust? Exactly. Yeah, so getting to know their likes and dislikes. You got to know whether they were capable, whether they're reliable. Now, we have some really good friends in the house, I believe that. And then we have friends that we know are always going to be late, right? 
So they haven't built trust in that area. Why? Because their actions have proved time and time again that they, when they say, yeah, yeah, I'm five minutes away, they're actually at home still doing their hair. Do I have any witnesses? I, witness. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> right? They're still, you know what I mean? They're just getting into the shower, right? Like we have those friends. So over the process of time, you've come to understand that in this area, that friend is such, right? But in other areas, you've come to understand that if I tell this friend this, they're not gonna tell anyone, right? There's a trustworthiness, but it was once you told them one thing, they kept that. The second thing, they kept that, right? So you know your friend enough to know that you can trust them, right? It's the same with the Holy Spirit how we engage with him. How do you now build this relationship or learn how he speaks to you? By the responsiveness, right? By the way that you engage with the Holy Spirit. So the moment that you respond to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, let's just say an example. This is more like a prophetic thing, but let's say the Holy Spirit is like, see, I want you to tell, you know, Ariel that, I've got everything covered in her life, right? You feel that strongly. It's not even an audible voice, but you feel it strongly in your heart that I need to tell Ariel that God has you covered, right? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit if I don't step out in faith and say to Ariel X, X Y, and Z, right? Ariel then responds and says, wow, I really needed that word. You don't know how my week has been. What does that do to me? It builds confidence, exactly, it's confirmation, it's affirmation at raw. That was the Holy Spirit, right? Another example, super practical, Holy Spirit, like, I can't find this thing, like, or just in your mind, you're like, something tells you, look under the bed, I don't know, it's totally random, right? Because <laughs> I want you guys to get that the Holy Spirit can speak in the smallest ways, right? But it builds our fellowship with him, right? You go there, under the bed, you find your thing, right? What does that do inside of me? And so our responsiveness, those are small things, but our responsiveness to the Holy Spirit allows us to build our language with him. Right? This is how he speaks to me. I know that this knowing, this prompting, this feeling that I have, I, like, I know I've got it before, but I know this is God speaking to me. He may not speak to me how he speaks to Lola, but the way God speaks to me, the way the Holy Spirit engages with me, I know why, because I have a track record with the Holy Spirit. But you can never build that fellowship with the Holy Spirit without that engagement. Does that make sense? And so this, this understanding of communion with the Holy Spirit, this fellowship, this partnership, it is built on your terms. Because he's speaking. He's just waiting for you to engage with him. Does that make sense? And so even now, even before we transition and Pastor Ayo comes to speak as well on, on key points regarding the Holy Spirit, I want us to just really close our eyes um, and just really ask the Lord, like, make me conscious and sensitive to your presence, Holy Spirit. Make me aware of your presence. May I grow 
in deeper communion with you, Holy Spirit. May I know you as a teacher. May I know you as an advocate. May I know you as a comforter. May I know you as one that leads into all truth. May I know you, Lord. We want to know you more, Holy Spirit. We want to know you more, Holy Spirit. Make us sensitive to you. Make us aware of you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, open the hearts and the ears of your children in this place, Lord, to identify you even in the mundane. Yes, Jesus. Thank you.